Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. Today we'll be talking with a blind individual who had such a great career as a medical transcriber that she went on to start a service to teach other people how to do the same. We'll speak with Kathy Melton about how the tools, processes, and accessibility have changed over the years and about her experiences in the field. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Kathy Melton. Is there any reason why a person with a visual impairment couldn't become a medical transcriber? Of course, you have to have motivation. You have to be enthusiastic and be ready to believe in what you're doing and and be able to sell that. But yes, I I believe there's no reason that more than ever now. (laughs) When I look back on what I did for my first job and how I had to, to, to do it, I'm thinking that was something much harder to overcome. And I was young and didn't know better. (laughs) Thought that it was just, you know, fine. We were doing it just like anyone else. But yeah, I mean, now with technology being what it is and and so much emphasis on accessibility, things are just so much more improved, so much easier to tackle. To what do you attribute your ability to overcome these early obstacles? My take on what success really is partly is based on the fact that I had this amazing mom who would not let me say I can't. And that just gave me just the attitude of, I can do this. And I I believe that we, that's what blind people need to come to and not just live in, in the fact that yes, there are people out there that say we can't, uh, but that we can, and that we have something to offer and it's important and that there are things out there that we can do. It's just a wonderful thing to, once you get that first job and you have that success, it's so much easier to move on then to bigger and better things. How true. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Ira, an app that remotely connects people who are blind or have low vision to trained agents for access to visual information. Details are available at 1-800-835-1934. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Kathy. I'm Kathy Melton, and I'm not going to say my age, but I'm about to be a great-grandmother, so. (laughs) Oh, that is so exciting. Congratulations. Many of our listeners have visual impairments. Do you? Yes, I'm totally blind. I was born blind. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about your medical transcription experiences and the service you run to train people in that area nowadays. Okay. But tell us what else you do for fun and what life is like for you. <laughs> well, I love to read and I, I love music. You play the piano, I understand. Yes, uh-huh. Church pianist. Um, and uh, I enjoy that a lot. I like to cook and I like gardening and um, I love animals. I love kids. 
there you go. And where are you living these days? I live in Northeast Texas. Uh, we're very rural. We were actually more rural than we are right now. We're about 60 miles from the nearest large, basically metropolis, I guess, in the, in this part of the state. Uh, so we live cl- about 60 miles from Dallas. And uh, that's which is where I grew up in Dallas. So I kind of came back home when I moved to this area in uh, 97. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the business of medical transcription and Kathy's training program. So anyway, as we said, we're going to mostly talk about your experiences with medical transcription. Maybe you can tell our listeners how you got into that field. You don't hear about that much in high school. People don't say, hey, you can become a medical transcriptionist. True enough. (laughs) Yeah, I I was one of those people who always said, if if I could see, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse. Finally determined that there was no way I could ever do that. And so I had a friend who, I have a friend who decided to become a transcriptionist. And she became the first blind person I knew to do transcription. And so I decided that that would be the closest way I could get into the medical field. And I went and took my training at the same place that she had hers. That's how it all got started. So tell us a little bit about how this works. I'm not familiar with the equipment or, you know, the process of doing this. I assume this isn't all done just at a typewriter. There are special tools to do this? So what happens is the the doctor dictates his story about seeing the patient into, at that time, it was a recorder that put the information on cassettes. And then we received those cassettes and we, using a foot pedal with our playback machine, would transcribe what the doctor said. And then those would go back to the patient's chart. Also with the foot pedal, you could stop and pause the machine so you could catch up with the typing. Yes. Yes. And that way you can leave your hands on the keyboard. Right, exactly. And eventually you learn how to pretty much not have to stop one to do the other, kind of get into a rhythm. How you do your work must have changed a lot over the years, I would guess. It's interesting because uh, when I began in the late 70s, I had a, an IBM Correcting Selectric Typewriter. I had an Opticon. Oh, I remember those. And some sort of accessory for it that would fit onto the typewriter and allow you to proofread a line or so. So some of our listeners may not know what an Opticon is. I actually had one for a short period of time and found it extremely difficult to use. (laughs) I love my Opticon. Uh, It was an interesting invention whereby you put your finger in a little uh, groove and you held in your hand a thing kind of like, I guess it had a camera of sorts in it. What it did was allow these little pins that were inside the machine to come up in the shape of print letters. And as you moved that across the page, you would have those print letters so you could read them. So you actually got to feel the form of the print letters as you scanned this handheld camera across the page. Correct. Right. 
not easy to learn. No, <laughs> no. So with this typewriter, you had the little camera mounted somewhere on the typewriter so that you could see on the Opticon each letter you typed? There was this big metal bar, and on one end of it was a, a place that you could that you could plug in the lens to that little Opticon machine, and then you could move a, a smaller bar that was also connected to that, and it would read the line that you were typing. So if you, if, if I got up to go get something to drink and I came back and I re- didn't remember where what I had typed last, that was one of the great things I could do with that. Always know where I where I stopped. <laughs> oh, cool. So you actually did start out the transcription process with a typewriter in the old days. I did, yes. It sounds like in addition to being a really good typist, you had to develop an enormous medical vocabulary and know how to spell all of those words that people tend not to use in normal conversation. <laughs> yeah. The training was extensive. Uh, our training course was about, I think it was about 18 months that we trained. Wow. And it was Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 3 o'clock. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and homework. So we had a lot to, a lot to learn. And, 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 of course, we didn't have the ability to look at the print medical word books and dictionaries and things like that. So we anything that we could could at least keep on. We had Rolodexes. Do you know that term? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're the same vintage. Yeah, so so we had those. I had about five of them in, in the end before I stopped using them just with terminology, medications, uh, procedures, different things on that I knew that I would need. And so I used those. But yeah, it was kind of important to learn as much as you could because we didn't have Google, you know, <laughs> so we couldn't just go and try to find the term we weren't sure of. For any of our younger listeners who may not remember Rolodexes, they were kind of like a card file, except each card was attached to a spindle so you could spin it around and get to any card you wanted. And most people used these for address books, but apparently they worked just fine for specialty dictionaries. You talked about the early days when you started using a electric typewriter and an Opticon to do your job. I assume the technology in general for everybody has changed somewhat and specifically for you. Can you talk about some of those changes? Yeah, completely. When the computer began to be popular, then we started with that. And at the time, what I loved about beginning with the computer was that everything that was accessible to the sighted was accessible to us because it was not a Windows-based story. It was a text-based story. So for a period of time, <laughs> we felt quite equal to to our sighted peers doing this with a computer because we, we did not have to learn much that was different other than the use of the screen reader. To do our job, it was almost exactly the same as what every, the other people were doing. So that was kind of that's an interesting point in the early days with MS-DOS and text-based computers for everybody without all these windows and images. We really did have more parity and access was a little bit easier, wasn't it? It was. Mm-hmm. 
So I assume now you're using Windows. Now we have Windows. And of course, there are great advantages. No more cassette recorders or trying to get your reports and what they were put on back to the doctor. Everything is, is online and it goes from you to them immediately. And there's, you know, so that's wonderful. And, and it really did open up the ability for people to work from home. And you even have spell checkers built in now with special dictionaries for different professions. Spell checkers built into Word, right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. So, and a lot of uh, accessible medical reference books as well. Yes. Now, with your first forays into this field, I was wondering if you ran into any resistance from people and saying, oh, blind medical transcriptionist, she can't do this. Uh, maybe there's another job for her. She should be selling pencils or something. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, and I was the first person in the, in the class that I was in actually to complete that course. And I was in Houston at the time. So... Methodist Hospital had contacted the Lighthouse because they knew that they were doing training and had said, well, if you ever have anyone, we would like to interview them. So I went directly from my training to Methodist Hospital, which is a huge hospital and it's a teaching hospital, which means people from all over the world are there, doctors with lots of different accents. All right. And that's where I got my first job was at that hospital. So I, I felt like I got baptized by fire, as it were. <laughs> went right from the frying pan into the fire. And, uh, but it was a great experience because um, when I left that hospital and went to other jobs, it, it was uh, looked great on the resume, and I had learned such a lot of, of things that I would have never picked up if I had started, say, in a small clinic uh, or in a, a smaller hospital. So you mentioned the Lighthouse. Is that where you took this 18-month training program? Was it the local Lighthouse and the entire class was full of people with visual impairments? It was. We, they, they had a clerical program, which I, always, I also took, and then they also had the medical transcription program, which did the training for as well. Oh, so in addition to getting trained in all of the facets of being a medical transcriptionist, you also learned about how to deal with all of the accessibility tools. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. How about when you interviewed? Was there any skepticism on the part of the people who were interviewing you? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, in fact, I met my first supervisor later at a conference uh, that the International Organization for Transcriptionists has. And I met her there and we were teasing about, about my working there. And she said, she told the people around us, I wouldn't have hired her except she had these two cute little toddlers that she brought with her <laughs> to the interview. <laughs> so, so at least the boys helped break the ice for me. And <laughs> oh, how funny soften your heart a little bit toward hiring me, I think. <laughs> and how about once you were on the job, did it take some time to settle in and for people to accept you or did it just work out pretty seamlessly? I asked if I could work late nights because that way my kids didn't have to not have someone to stay with them. I could pay someone to stay with them to sleep there, you know, mm -hmm. fine. So I worked from 10 to 6.30 and the night crew was great. They were, they were very helpful. And it was a more relaxed 
kind of atmosphere, which was good for me. They were quite helpful and uh, uh, certainly helped me through all the scary parts. <laughs> Can you really understand this doctor? <laughs> I, yeah. So, yeah, all those things. But yeah, so they were great. And I, I love, I really enjoyed that job. I remember how odd I was the first report I ever typed by Dr. DeBakey, who you may know did the first um, heart transplant surgery. Right, right. He did not dictate, his assistant did, but his assistant had this amazing Scottish accent, so I loved it. Well, and as you kind of pointed out before, this turned out to be such a good success and worked out so well that, you know, once you get your foot in the door, it must have been a lot easier to get your next set of jobs. Yes. Um, the more experience you have, the more uh, different specialties that you have typed, the transcribed, you, it, it really helps you get uh, to other jobs and, and to be able to kind of move up, I guess. I actually, when I left that hospital, I had had to move to another town and I started a, my own transcription service from there. And I was pretty successful, at least as successful as I could keep up with. <laughs> and uh, I, I really enjoyed that. So I had, that gave me some clinical experience that I had not, did not have from the hospital. And then um, also some different specialty hospitals and, and specialty clinics that I had not done before. So all of those things just worked together and helped me to have a nice resume that I just, I never lacked for employment after that training. I, I did leave transcription a couple of times and did something different just because typing all the time can get, you know, old and you kind of want to change. Yeah. But I've always come back to it and I'm there again. <laughs> well, that's kind of neat. It's often true that your first job is the hardest one to land, but once you show that you can do it and you've had a good background from that, it, it sounds like it can be a lot easier to branch out later on. It really is. Yes. So now you went on to start not only your own transcription service, but I understand that you have a training program that you offer to people these days, right? Yes, I was uh, in a place where I had kind of was kind of between employment, and uh, I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life, and I kept thinking, I have all this experience, so surely I can uh, utilize it somehow, and I, I really wanted other blind, visually impaired people to have the opportunity to know that they could get employment with something that would allow them to do that, allow them to be in any situation and be able to find work. So uh, I began to write my textbook and through the help of a great friend of mine, I was able to, to get a website set up and started uh, my first class in 2004. Wow. And for our listeners, your company is called? Uh, it's now called meddoctraining.com. Uh -huh. And it's specifically geared towards the visually impaired. Yes, yes. Everything is audio. I've recorded every chapter of my textbook, and the students get the MP3 files so that all of the terms are spelled um, and pronounced many times <laughs> ad nauseum. <laughs> so... They can, uh, they, they can kind of get them in their heads, and, we, and it's divided into 18 units of material. It's a very in-depth program. I think that 
one of the things I wanted to be sure of was that even though uh, this is a job that blind people can certainly do, there is still the fact that we have to overcome the barrier of people believing in us <laughs> as much as we believe in ourselves. And my answer to that is to provide was to provide as much terminology as I could so that at least they would have a reference that they could always refer to as well as the resources to look for terms and uh, things that, that they would need. So that's why I, I wrote the textbook and I worked with the international organization uh, for transcriptionists. Um, they advised me that their recommendation was a two year program. So I did start it that way. We began with oral classes where the, we met all together and we we worked on things together and then and the students recorded the classes and then took notes and so that was fine but a lot of people really wanted independent study and so I, I offer both but most of the students I have uh, choose independent study and then we get together for one-on-one -on -one meetings uh, often. When you say you get together is this all done in your local community or are you getting together in sort of a web conference with people from anywhere? Sorry, that's you're right. I didn't, I didn't make that clear. I have a, uh, a chat room and that's where we get together through talking communities. Oh, great. So if you want to have a group meeting, sort of like a class situation, you get multiple people online, but for a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you can use the same technology and just talk to one other person at a time? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are some things that, um, like, there is a, a style book for transcription, just like the elements of style for English. And uh, a lot of the things in the style book I can teach to to a group and that's what we do meet as a group and learn that together and then um, and then other things we do individually how many students do you typically have at a time i used to have as many as 12 or 13 but i've kind of had to to slow down on that some because i am caregiving for my husband at this time and also have a job <laughs> so <laughs> that'll keep you busy yeah. So I've, I've kind of had to not have quite as many students, but uh, yeah, but I have a great little group right now. They're, they're excited and eager. And so. So presumably if people take this course from you, then they're all set to be a transcriptionist or is there anything else they need to do? Yes. Um, included in the course are um, medical reports that we start early doing and we continue throughout the program and in their final exam, there are um, reports to type. So all of that information goes in a letter that I, that I put together for a prospective employer. And I explain what all we've learned in the class, and then we have samples of their work. So that is available to them. They're, that's given to them along with their diploma to offer any employer. Oh, great. So it sounds like this is a self-contained course then and after people are through with this they're just ready to hop into the world and start performing yeah and it's like anything else i mean there is still this the issue of the first job you know it's that you're getting your foot in the door is is challenging and some people 
have to wait a while. But my understanding is that from everything I read from the publications from our organization is that that is true for not just us. <laughs> it's true for sighted folks trying to come into the field as well. Uh, I do feel like there are a lot of programs out there, but they are not all as in-depth as uh, there are a few that are, but most of them are not all as in-depth as this one. And and even for sighted people, if you take a course that you know promises that you can be a transcriptionist in three weeks, <laughs> I would wonder if that was appropriate because uh, there is a lot to learn and there's even more to learn once you finish a class. So you, you have a lot to, to start that you have to, to start out with. Right. And as your experience shows, technologies and processes change through the years. So maybe you always have to keep learning. Yes. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about training to become a medical transcriptionist and how to contact Kathy Melton directly. So if people would like to learn more about your service, where would you send them? Uh, the syllabus for the program is on meddoctraining.com, M-E-D-D-O-C training.com. And is there an email or phone number that people can use to contact you or ask more questions? Yes. My email is letter K Melton, M-E-L-T-O-N, M-T, let's not forget that, (laughs) at gmail.com. And the phone number is 903-910-5550. You mentioned some other resources for people who are interested in transcription during our interview. Can you talk more about those or point people where to go? The organization is called AHDI, and it stands for Association for Healthcare Documentation Integrity. And uh, it's an international organization uh, and very, very interested in accessibility issues. And as usual, all of that contact information can be found in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for show number 1947. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about Newsreel. Newsreel is a monthly audio magazine offering three hours of helpful information and inspiration in the voices of its members. Topics include technology, travel tips, books, recipes, personal experiences, sports, and more. We'll talk with Erwin Hott, who's the current editor of Newsreel, about the magazine For and By the Blind and its very long history. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show, or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success.
or Twitter at underscore eyes on success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.